interviewing top sports personalities from around the nation in order to provide you next-level insight and analysis into your Cleveland Browns. Blue Wire Hustle proudly presents All Eyes on Cleveland. And now, here is your host, Brad Ward. Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brad Ward. All eyes on Cleveland. It has been a minute. I wanted to uh, take the time today, uh, Monday, January 31, uh, the last day of January, uh, the day after the AFC and NFC Championship Games. We will have a Super Bowl in two weeks with the Cincinnati Bengals and the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Not great for Browns fans as you uh, look back on a season ending in eight and nine, uh, where the team underachieved greatly. Um, And the Bengals, the Browns beat twice, once in a game of no significance, but uh, are headed to the Super Bowl. Uh, believe it or not. Now, you know, there's a lot of things going through my head. I've taken some time off after the end of the year to kind of gather my thoughts as this offseason, folks, uh, looks to be one of the um, more intriguing ones for Browns fans, Browns faithful in a long time. Uh, Baker Mayfield's future... Uh, despite what Andrew Barry says, um, I think is unsure. You know, I think we're unsure what will happen with Baker completely. I don't think we can necessarily say that he uh, is 100% going to be a Brown next year. I will tell you that I think that that is probably the most likely outcome. Um, just because... It's hard to find a good match, and and we'll get into more of Baker here in a minute. But I thought I should touch base with everybody. Um, so let's start with Mikey. You want to start with Super Bowl? Start start with Super Bowl. Uh, I am on the road today, traveling. Uh, wanted to take this time to reach out to everybody. Uh, all eyes on Cleveland. Back in effect, we will have uh, numerous interviews coming on the YouTube channel, so go check that out. If you haven't subscribed there, uh, go do that because you'll want to be a part of the roundtable, the off-season coverage that we uh, partake in. Last year, we had some very in-depth off-season coverage, which we actually nailed a few of the off-season acquisitions. Troy Hill, uh, John Johnson III, um cut to name a few that we profiled before the Browns made that those moves. So um, let's start with the Super Bowl. Let's start with Joe Burrow. I want to talk about Joey, Joey Burrow. Joey Burrow uh, is a different guy, right? So, you know, I want to talk about quarterback play first in these games. You know, the exceptional quarterback play that we saw from some of these guys, sure. Uh, but they all 
mean, nobody was tremendous this weekend, really. Let's be honest. Uh, you know, Matt Stafford was pretty good, I thought, for the most part. Uh, and an inter- tough interception in the red zone early in the game. But, you know, really, Joe Burrow threw a bad interception that could have cost his team that game uh, on an out route. He just doesn't, folks, he doesn't have the arm talent that these other guys have. I don't even know if he has, I don't think he has the same arm talent that Baker Mayfield does. However, he gets the game upstairs more than anybody. And talk about a mentally tough dude. Nine sacks the week before in the divisional round and still completes 70 plus percentage of his passes. Uh, he's excellent against the blitz. Uh, you know, Baker is the opposite of that, right? Um, he, Burrow has found a way, and they have found a way in Cincinnati to simplify the game for him. He is not by any means. When you watch him play, breaking down the entire field um, in his progressions, I mean, he is just identifying pre-snap, you know, hey, they're going to double-team Jamar Chase here. Let's see what we got. Here's where I want to go. And a lot of times he's cutting off half the field, but he's finding success doing that because of his accuracy and his ability to um, to basically just put put the ball on guys in without I mean okay so you want to talk about Baker Mayfield let's talk about the difference in their throws Joe Burrow throws a soft ball right his balls come in <laughs> his balls uh, come in the, his throws come in soft and catchable right. And at times, you know, Baker just 170 miles an hour uh, on an out route when it doesn't need to be. Or on a screenplay, he's firing it off the guy's shoulder pads. Uh, A little touch could help Baker, I think. But we'll get into that more later. You know, Burrow, all of his throws are very touch-oriented. He is not, you know, the guy that is missling throws into windows all day every day he's giving his receivers a chance to catch the ball the majority of the time where um and with good accuracy where uh, where defenders can't get to it uh and i would say that that game was even won more by the defense the cincinnati Bengals defense than it was Joe Burrow um, I thought the, the Bengals defense was outstanding the play by Bates and overtime was as perfect as a play you can make coverage wise you know I thought that was exceptional um, and they move on to the Super Bowl beating the elite of the AFC along the way it's really hard to fathom because uh, that is a football team I did not think was ready for the stage that they went through. But that just goes once again to prove to you that, you know, you get in this tournament, you put together a good game plan, uh, and look what's possible. Because there's no way that team deserves to be 
not deserves, I don't want to say, they should not be in the Super Bowl right now. There's no way that this is the best team in the AFC this year, in a year of a loaded AFC. But they are there. Uh, and they beat the Chiefs twice. Make no mistake about it. Um, and incredible, incredible feat by Burrow and the the Bengals. But much credit to that defense, that coaching staff. Uh, they believed in each other. And, and that's what it's all about. It's all about belief and, and uh, the common goal. Uh, so, you know, much... Much credit to them goes, uh, you know, after that incredible win over the Chiefs. Let's talk Rams real quick against the Niners. Another tight game here. Stafford uh, pulls it out. The Rams defense get a final stop at the end. Neither quarterback plays great. Uh, Stafford was better, but being better than Jimmy Garoppolo in a big stage game is not hard to do. You limit your mistakes. You win 20-17, to 17, I think the final was. Uh, I mean, let's, let's be real. This was not an offensive shootout or two great offenses, although I do think that the Rams' offense can be very good. Uh, and, and at times, you know, early in the year, if you watch any of the shows I did on the Monday recaps uh, on the Full Monty Sports Show, um, we would do a recap every Monday of the week of football. I, I commented often that early in the year I found the 49ers offense to be uh, gadgety and, um, you know, just a bunch of trick trickeration a lot of times. You know, you look this way, we're going that way. And that's a lot of what sometimes Shanahan does. And especially when they were without Kittle and they were missing weapons, uh, no Elijah Mitchell for a period of time or he hadn't come on to the scene the way that he did later but they were rare, very very gadgety gidgety gadgety uh, early in the year but that offense came together later uh, as Debo Samuel you know is a force of nature Kittle got healthy uh, my guy Juszczyk comes one game short of his second Super Bowl appearance you ready? Showtime on May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Uh... But wild, uh, wild stuff uh, there in that game. Uh, but I thought the better team won. I, I thought the Rams were the better team all year despite losing to them. Um, and I'm not surprised as I have talked highly of the Rams all year. If you talk this, I'm not surprised that we see the Rams in the Super Bowl. However, shocked to see the Bengals there. Let's twist over to the Browns a little bit. Let's talk offseason needs. We know wide receiver is need. Numero uno wide receiver room needs to be revamped. Not sure what's going to happen with uh, Jarvis Landry. Uh, although, you know, at this point in time, there is so much going on, it, you know, to evaluate where this team is culturally is a tough thing to do right now with Odell Beckham Jr. in the Super Bowl with the Rams uh, finding much success over 100 yards in the 
uh, game here, it, proving that it was not so much him uh, as the problem, as they have found a way to use him. And one thing, you know, and I talked about this before, but one basic thing that you notice about, or I've noticed about Odell Beckham Jr.'s success in Los Angeles that they did not do a very good job of in Cleveland, uh, Stefanski and others, is they're using him in a way where um, Stafford can see him come out of his breaks. Um, it's it's They're setting him up in a way that, you know, he's running very fundamental routes uh, that both quarterback and wide receiver have repped, you know, thousands of times, maybe not with each other, but in, you know, base offensive stuff where maybe the rest of the things around them going on aren't so simple. But what what it's leading to is allowing Odell to run a simple nine route or uh, a simple in route. And they're setting it up so that Stafford can see him come out of his break and throw the ball. The time they're not relying on the timing stuff like the Browns. I feel like just relied so much on timing routes and everything with Mayfield and Beckham, and it was never there. Whereas if you put him in a situation where the quarterback can see him coming out of his breaks, see guy throw ball, uh, he's finding a lot of success because the guy is is a tremendous route runner and gets open. Let's be real, that's uh, what he does. Browns did not do a very good job of using him in that capacity, and it's a little frustrating. Uh, all the likes, retweets, the support from Browns uh, fans, more so for Beckham's Super Bowl appearance than even Baker Mayfield's uh, surgery tweets. Uh, you know, hard to read the landscape of things on a. Uh, you know, in a situation where real life may be much different than social media, uh, but if you were to glance at social media, you would th- say that there's something wrong with that picture right now. Uh, now, is that really what it's like behind doors? I have faith in Stefanski and Barry that if it is, it will be fixed. Uh, you know, I am not. I, this team is not far off. If as you see the Bengals in the Super Bowl, and I think that's one way that you can look at this. Uh, now, let's. Uh, you know, we said wide receivers in need. I think you need to get your top or your eventual number one wide receiver uh, in the draft at thirteen. I think that should be where they go there. Uh, you should work out all of the high-profile wide receivers, have a close eye on all of that Senior Bowl, East-West Shrine game, um, whatever the uh, NFL draft combine looks like this year. And at 13, take your guy of the future for wide receiver, whatever they feel best meets this system as a number one guy. I think they should bolster that room when the free agency. Uh, there are a number of cuts I foresee coming. We'll get more into this on future shows. But J.C. Treader, $10 million would be freed up there. Travis Landry, you can free up some money there. Although I never, and, and I will, you'll never hear me say that I want to see Jarvis go. Although I do think a restructure is needed uh, in order to keep him. 
to save a little bit of money. He certainly has not performed up to the level of his contract, you know, statistically. Although I do think he provides the Browns with uh, an aspect that they much need in, in an identity of toughness that they need. Um, so keeping him, I think, would be fantastic. I don't think it is an end-all, be-all, but I do think uh, they should make an effort to do that as he carries so much about what this team is, in my opinion. He has a much to do with the identity of this offense when they have an identity or are flexing such identity uh, at times that was missing this year uh, with Stefanski a bit, you know, throw to run, run to throw. We'll get into a lot of that as I think that uh, we saw this year not enough throw to run. Um, heavy boxes leading to throw and more throwing instead of throw to loosen up, run uh, to keep them off balance. And, and I just think that sometimes that game script takes Stefanski somewhere we don't want to be or this team is not capable really of being or wasn't this year with Baker's uh, injury. I will lend some credence to the fact that I don't think Baker was 100% when was injured. Obviously, was 100%, but did not. I'm not one of the people that's going to hold him 100% accountable for this season, uh, as I do think the shoulder played a factor in his inconsistent play. Um, You know, the decision to play him is one we will get into further, but I am not going to... You will hear a lot of people say it was a he should have been pulled. There was one game I thought he should have sat down before the Lions game, and I verbalized that. You probably heard me if you listened to my show that before the Lions game, I thought he should have sat and rested uh, and let Case Keenum go win that game, which I'm sure that he could have. It was an ugly football game where one of Baker's worst. Um, but I am not of the thought that like many of you out there who will say that he should have been sat down and, and, and you know, put out for the entire season and none of these narratives. The narratives are there. Deal with it. Uh, you know, it's not our job to figure out the big picture of this football team. It's Andrew Barry's job to figure that out and Kevin Stefanski's job. Uh, and what they need to do now is be able to try and evaluate, hey, Hurt Baker, healthy Baker, either Baker version of him, you know, what you saw in the locker room from him this year facing, uh, you know, facing tough times and uh, adversity. Adversity will strike. No, no question. Every year. How do you handle that? Did he handle it well this year? I don't think so. So. You know, take that into your uh, overall evaluation of the kid going forward. I do think they end up uh, with Baker back next year, healthy, running it back uh, with a revamped wide receiver core 
Uh, I think you need to add some pieces on the defensive line. Of course, uh, Malik McDowell, uh, a gem that they had found taking a chance on uh, out of the picture probably for the future of the Browns after another run-in with the law. Um, so that makes that room pretty, pretty thin very quick uh, there. And uh, so I would think, you know, Javion Clowney is probably one of the most pivotal, most important, um, in my opinion, re-signings that they need to try to make as he was outstanding for the Browns this year. The defense played outstanding football down the stretch, and I don't see that changing. I see that being a strength going forward, so you really need to get this offense on track. Uh, these are my thoughts uh, Monday morning, January 31, all eyes on Cleveland, back in business. Just a 20-minute quick hitter for you. I'm Brad Ward. Mikey's on the ones and twos. I will be back quickly. We're back in full effect after a little break after the season. feel like we got our mind around some things here. At All Eyes on Cleveland, we'll be bringing you all sorts of content. hope you enjoyed this one today. And uh, we will talk more Browns this week. Talk to you soon. All Eyes on Cleveland. Blue Wire Hustle. For Mikey, I am Brad Ward. I am out.